Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready get 30, ready get 20, 20, 20, ready get 20, 20, ready get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number smart beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number limited edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Cancer affects more than just the body; it affects the mind and the mind of those that are that are around them and the family members. And, and through Battle Cancer, what we wanted to create was just—I call it something to do. It's mentally yours from Ellen and a focus on your mental health; you surely won't regret. It's mentally, 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 mentally yours, mentally yours. Mentally Yours. Hi everyone and welcome to Mentally Yours, Metro.co.uk's weekly mental health podcast. I'm Yvette and this week I'm going to be speaking to Scott Britton. He's the co-founder of Battle Cancer, the world's largest one-day functional fitness competition. I'm going to be chatting to him about mental health, cancer and fitness. moment i'm embarking on a career break uh, which is very new but before that i've uh, worked in the police so i've worked from uh, great manchester police and then devon and cornwall police and that's predominantly as a detective and then as a detective sergeant so i've um, worked in quite a few different areas uh, of the police over the past eight years so yeah and have you been involved in any many situations there um in terms of dealing with people with mental health issues and crises um i would probably say every single second that i clocked in and worked um yeah huge huge amounts i mean um going from one of the earliest memories of when i when i joined in the police um we dealt with a lady who was trying to kill herself in a in a lake um filled up pockets full of stones um and i had to jump in and save her and pull her back from the reservoir and pull her back in um literally on a, on a daily basis so yeah i've dealt with people from self-harming people harming others and then people who had lost uh yeah massive massive amounts i'd say probably a good 90 percent of the general stuff that people in emergency services deal with is people who are in some form of a stage of, of crisis from mental health or gen- genuine mental illness that's just they've not had support or di- any kind of diagnosis to be honest it's probably a good time to talk to you about this then since you're sort of you've just moved away from that sort of work what's your situation 
your what's your opinion in terms of the situation on the ground in terms of staffing and funding I mean as a police officer I was told you're not allowed to be political so it's but the genuine truthful answer especially coming away from like on a career break is it's very very low um numbers are low they, they have been since we kicked into an austerity period um i would also say the biggest undiagnosed problem is people working in the emergency services and mental mental illness within that um so somebody who is a supervisor i had a number of staff that were having emotional uh, and mental health breakdowns um that were having big big issues because on a daily basis you're dealing with everybody else's like issues and trying to support them and using safeguards and then not actually having a check and balance for yourself so i would say it was it was twofold and, and at the moment i'd say from an emergency services point of view it's probably the, the lowest in morale that I've, I've ever seen it from being in that police in and emergency services kind of family to be honest what do you think you're going to be moving towards in the future from the emergency services and, and a mental health standpoint um always people say numbers is, is the instant answer and I think okay so it is in one sense because they can have a support but multi-agency working is, is a big part of that um, people like the police and, and paramedics especially and I'm not just saying anything about like firemen they're great um, but they don't predominantly deal with people in that form of a crisis um, they don't have the adequate training and skills so quite often you're the last line of defence for that person um, and social care will kind of say it doesn't meet our remit and then you effectively left with that full safeguarding and care for that person um now there's a huge amount of charities and other agencies out there that support people um and using and relying on those who are in the exact same position from being low funded is is very difficult but i think multi-agency working on i've worked a lot with children uh, and children services um is getting a lot better uh, and that that sharing of the risk and sharing of the support is getting better um but i think it will become more and more specialised. So I think those areas will, will really take part. So, for example, I won't bore you too much, but acquisitive crime used to be the big thing. So burglaries, robberies, uh, people getting, you know, like phones taken from them. Where now actually safeguarding, and rightly so, is the biggest impacting on emergency services. So it, the training needs to be reflected in that because the people who are suffering are on the front line because they don't know, one, how to help the person that they're trying to help, so if we solve them to know how to help that person, it might help them as well. So I think a lot more specialist training and numbers will hopefully help a little bit. So emergency services, police has been a huge part of your life, but also fitness is a huge part of your life. Yeah. Um, that's also, it seems like it's kind of like a whole career in itself, really. Um, what part do you believe fitness plays in helping people have better mental health? Huge. I mean, so uh, for me, um, I've been very lucky that I've worked on a large amount of things in, in my policing careers, kind of like pull it through. Um, worked riots, worked the aftermath of the Manchester bombing, seen a number of things that I won't go into. And my big pull through throughout all of that has been like fitness. Um, historically, you know, you watch your life on Mars and all cop shows, it was whiskey and cigarettes that got people through. Um, where for me, it's like weights and running. Um, but genuinely, Genuinely, having like a, a big push in fitness, you get surrounded by an awful lot of good and positivity, which sometimes when you're struggling within your own head, having some form of structure of just something to do and having some positive, some instant positive to come back when you live in, unfortunately, in a world of negative and whether that's from the circumstances or a genuine illness, it's, it's a really strong thing. So for me, fitness has been like a genuine outlet 
over the past like eight nine years and then something that i've managed with a lot of help to turn to do like even more good for other people so yeah i mean uh, a joke so fitness has kind of been my whiskey and cigarettes <laughs> how did you get into powerlifting because that's your main thing is that right well so like, crossfit is now oh, um, it's like functional fitness but mm-hmm. yeah because i've kind of done quite a few things um so i got into powerlifting that was the first thing and probably the thing i've been reasonably successful at um I walked into a really old, scary, what you call like sawdust and sweat gym in Manchester uh, and saw this thing called powerlifting. So it was three lifts and you just try and lift the heaviest that you can that you can do. Um, but whilst it's an individual sport, so when you go out and you do something, you're just on your own and you've only got that weight, you would often train in big groups of people. And the competitions, it was always about you trying to get better than what you did last time it's not so much about you trying to beat other people um so it was an incredible like positive situation to be in and around and i found out that for as i've been called by some guys in iceland um for such a small man i'm quite strong <laughs> um, so like i've got a three times body weight lift in two different lifts like double body weight in some others um so i just took to it quite well um and when I started to do powerlifting and work on a training program and competing and having the reward from that, it actually helped me structure like my professional life and things. So I managed to actually get a lot better at that. But it, it was literally, I walked into a really old dirty gym, um, saw what they were doing in there, thought, oh, that looks interesting. In fact, I was like reasonably good at it. So what do you enjoy most about that and now CrossFit? Yeah, so I mean, we got into CrossFit because of um, what we created at Battle Cancer um, and that got me into doing CrossFit, which is so ridiculous in so many ways. Um, You do gymnastics, you do Olympic lifting, you do running with weighted vests, uh, even on the world's worst swimmer, you do do swimming. Um, You do so many things and that became like another level of a challenge to see if in a couple of years I could try and catch the elite guys in CrossFit from being an elite powerlifter. Um, And it took me about two years to compete at one of the highest levels in CrossFit like internationally which I managed to do a couple of weeks ago and I'm on that path now so um, but it's just the variance of it and it's an absolute huge global phenomenon now um, people are seeing it from Netflix documentaries to really high-end CrossFit athletes have got millions of followers um, but it's an incredibly positive uh, environment and you literally test it all the time I climb ropes swing off rings lots of, lots of different things and, and part of it you just look quite cool when you do some of it <laughs> Yeah, because, I mean, that sounds quite different to my sort of perception of what, I mean, the word CrossFit, I think I was either thinking initially of like a CrossFit trainer thing. Yeah. (laughs) Or um, some version of, you know, where you sort of do sit-ups and then you do a bit of a run and then like you do these groups of four things or something, none of which involves any of what you're talking about. But yeah. What would you say is the appeal of the gym in general? Well, the gym is very personal to every single person that goes in there and, and like why you would go in there. I think dependent on the kind of gym as well, one massive appeal is, is escapism. So once you go in there, it doesn't matter whether you're a CEO of a company, whether you're a, a policeman, um, you know, whether you work in Tesco, like it doesn't matter who you are or what your daily thing is. Once you come into there, basically everyone's on a, a pretty even playing field. Uh, and you do see an awful lot of communication between people that you wouldn't necessarily put together in other places and I think that breeds just a really fantastic sense of community Um, especially in the functional fitness world um, you'd be surprised the people that work out next to each other um, when they actually find out their backgrounds and what they do um, it's amazing and it it creates another level of connection Um, I think 
But people often lack a bit of structure in their life. So when they come into a class, for example, they're led and they're happy to be led. But from a natural physiological standpoint, massive sense of endorphins, um, working out can make you happy. Might not as you're walking in, <laughs> but uh, when you when you leave it, it really can make you happy and, and have a sense of accomplishment. Even if you've just survived that class, you know you've survived it and you've done something really well. Tell me about battle cancer, because that's where we sort of heard all about you. Yeah. Um, what is it, first of all? So it's a functional fitness uh, fundraising competition. Um, so it's designed so that everybody, no matter your level of fitness, no matter whether you've, you're currently uh, got undergoing any form of cancer treatment um, to a certain level, obviously we have to check that you can come and do our events. Um, so everybody works out all at the same time, whether you're an elite athlete, whether you're somebody uh, like with our London event, we had a team of four completely blind males. We have a team of people that have got uh, singular or just double limbs. Uh, everybody does the same thing, but they all fundraise for cancer charities. And what exactly is the functional fitness aspect of it? Because I don't think I quite understand what that means. Yeah, so it's not quite CrossFit. Because if you Google CrossFit, you'd be terrified at some of the things that you see. <laughs> Even though that's not CrossFit, but you would be genuinely kind of thinking, oh my God, that's way too much. So we're not that. What it does is we use things like uh, really lightweight sandbags that you might have to run up and down with. Um, you have to carry your partner on the back. You have to jump over them. You have to roll up and down. Uh, it's basically like a giant sports day for adults. Right. Uh, with, with some equipment so we use things like a kettlebell a dumbbell uh, and very lightweight plates so you'll you'll never touch the scary equipment that you'll see in a gym it's things that you could pick up very in intuitively and and do our workouts uh, so that's like the functional fitness and, and the workouts last between sort of eight and ten minutes and you do about five of those across the day uh, so that's spread across eight hours so everybody survives it and gets and gets through them sports day for adult yeah that sounds great i mean that's yeah understandable <laughs> yeah i think i'd be up for like an egg and spoon or something um i'm interested to know though why you decided to focus on raising money for cancer charities charities because it does feel like there's there's quite a few already like race for life and things there's quite a few big fundraisers so the biggest thing is the fundraisers all kind of involve running so the biggest ones so if you look at even things like race for life tough mudder the marathon everything is running and and for me there was a huge gap in in people that wanted to just go to the gym that do simple fitness or do functional fitness you know not everybody running's fantastic but not everybody wants to go and do a marathon or a half marathon um, and there was a huge amount of people that just felt they didn't have the same event for them and that's why we chose that to go in um, we chose cancer charities because uh, well at the beginning of every event I say to people when we introduce it um one in two people have been affected and then I say can everyone put their hand up here if you've been affected and literally every single person will put their hand up in that room so it's, it's more than that every single person has some kind of uh, affliction some story some relation to that uh, and it affects everybody um, children adults and we've had so many so many personal instances of being touched by what cancer can do to people that we thought from a fundraising point of view that's what we need to do but also it's not just about the fund raising which is which although is fantastic it's about creating a, a community of, of people that can speak and share with each other we also promote health and fitness as a prevention to illness and, and try and get people to give them something to do but also a huge part of that is um, offering people something to do when they're at a, a low point in their life um, and cancer affects more than just the body it affects the mind and the mind of those that are, that are around them and the family members and, and through battle cancer what we wanted to create was just I call it something 
to do. You know, it's not going to make everything better, but it it gives you a focus and it it gives you something that you can just, you know, go back to when you're possibly going through the worst part of your life, really. So it does sound really interesting because there's obviously quite a a big chunk of people getting involved in it who either are going through cancer treatment, is it fair to say, or have recovered from it? Yeah, both. Um, Rather than they're just friends and family, say? Yeah, 100%. I mean, we've probably had two, 300 plus people who have, have been uh, cancer, like had cancer in the past 12 months. I mean, we've had 7,000 people do the events worldwide um, so far. We've had current radiotherapy patients in Spain, for example, with their oncologist came and did our Spanish event. Um, we've had people come, you know, six, seven weeks out of radiotherapy and from we had one lady last year who'd had a double mastectomy, had bout of chemo, re- recovered herself a good three, four months and came and did our event. So yeah, we have people that genuinely want to support, but we have people that have been very personal to them uh, to, to why they come and do it. And, and we're just finding that's growing even more and more. Uh, a, a lady messaged us uh, about a couple of months ago and she from Scotland said, never done one of your events before, but I've come across it. I've recently been diagnosed. She's an, I sat with m- me, my husband and my doctor I showed him your event and I said that's what I want to get back to being able to do in a year's time so people who are now actually starting treatment are looking at our event and saying that's my goal to get through what I'm going to go through through the next you know x amount of months. I have to say I don't have a very extensive knowledge of cancer treatment or how it might affect people's mental health. Um, Can you tell me a bit more about that do you know how it I mean obviously other than it must be a huge struggle just in terms of morale. Yeah, I mean, so a, a case example, and you won't mind me talking about this, is a real dear friend of mine, Craig, at the moment, who's uh, 29. Um, he's had a brain tumour removed and he's then he had radiotherapy. Then he's now currently having to have chemo um, and he's having chemo uh, every two weeks out of every six for the next year so he's just constantly kind of having to go back into this uh, and as a very positive active like young man that he is uh, he's, he's now having to face an awful amount of things that he probably never had to pre- mentally prepare himself for um, and we see that throughout and we see how many people are dealing with that and in the past two years I'm certainly no expert I have no medical training I have nothing but we've we've seen and spoke to so many people have been affected to see that from the person themselves it's an incredibly personal thing and you know you don't really get taught as a kid how you grow up how to deal with being told that you might face your own mortality you know financial worries anything that you look at people when they have you know they suffer from depression it's kind of amplified so people can't work financially hits them they've got dependents like children and and family members again that hits them Um, simple things like not being able to drink not being able to go on a night out not being able to do the things normally I think another massive part of what affects people mentally from a cancer diagnosis is becoming the cancer person and this is quite often what we find when we speak to people that they just get told what they can't do and everybody changes the way that they react to them and everybody treats them like walking on eggshells and you know speaks to them differently and I think when you you know if you look at somebody in that position to have that all around you whilst you're dealing with other things in your own mind it's a huge huge impact that, that a cancer diagnosis has on the person let alone the family and the wider network. So how does your event help them? Well, so number one, everybody's the same. So this is it. And, you know, I don't say this in a mean, flippant way. We don't care if you're a cancer patient or not. You're doing the same things as everyone else. So people come and and also people come and fundraise for a charity 
and they're not doing it just for themselves. So that's a big thing that it means that they're not just the cancer patient. They're not just the person that's stuck in that. They're actually doing something for other people. Um, and that's been the biggest thing that I could say that we've managed to do. And like I said before, it also gives something to focus on and to do. Um, and, you know, when you look at our events, everybody can get through them. And we, there's lots of different ways that we do that. But they're still tough. It's still a tough day for people. But also it puts people in a room with other people that have been through the same thing. And I think that's a huge part for people that they get to spend some time with a complete and utter stranger from another part of the world. Literally, that happens now, but they've experienced the same thing. So when they actually sit there and say, you know, to somebody else who hasn't had a cancer diagnosis, you don't really understand. No, these people do. And, and I think that's been a fantastic support network. And that's from the events. We see that post the events and we see that in the community of people that we have on social media. And we've had so many connections of, of people across the world now that have done from that. So I think that's that's what we managed to offer people. Have you yourself personally been affected by cancer, whether it's sort of yourself or a family member? Yeah, I mean, so uh, it's quite a bit of like one of these morbid things that I've always said, but I said, growing up, I had any more funerals than I did weddings. Like I just didn't know how to, how to deal with a, with a wedding, but I could get you through a funeral from the beginning to end. Um, and that was because a lot of family members growing up from uh, extended family. So luckily it was nobody in, in, you know, it wasn't mother, father, brother or anything like that. Uh, but aunts and uncles were, were always passing away. A real dear, uh, like granddad of mine passed away from cancer. So it was just growing up. I always had very vivid memories of, being in a funeral and kind of thinking this is down to cancer and then what really kicked it off and started everything was um, my wife's grandfather had a very quick diagnosis and passed away very quickly um, and uh, you know I'm sure she won't mind but seeing, seeing this man who was a railway engineer kind of you know stalwart guy big my moustache literally kind of wasted away in such a short period of time in front of everybody um, and it always stuck in my mind when we kind of said bye to him um, like shook his hand at the door because we were going away for a, a, a while and because we, 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 we weren't living close to them and kind of knowing we both knew that we were never going to see each other again and, and he wasn't going to be there um, was, a, was a big big thing of us for my mind thinking okay there's so many people that are facing this um we want to give people a, a platform to to speak and share that together um and that's what really every time we've had long nights and done growing this and answering emails and trying to get people to come to our events it, it's things like that that have just stuck in my mind um and since you know wow um the people we've met around the world the people that have contacted us from constantly we're now being touched and like i say you know a friend of mine Craig now going through it and we're seeing him through every single stage uh, on, on top of that strangers that come up to us and, and tell us things it's, it is massive but yeah th those were the, the the kind of I do laugh as I say it but yeah it, it started with the with the funerals to be honest but you've made it into a huge positive event um, and it's international now is that right I think I saw your Instagram you had one in Spain recently yeah well so this past year we've had Ireland Spain Germany uh, and LA um, and going into next year we've got events in nine different countries um, we have obviously huge amounts of growth and we want more and more people to come and do them and we are expanding but yeah it's, it's, it's really weird how fast it's become super international and we have to pinch ourselves sometimes Mentally yours, 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 mentally
struggling with any of the issues we've been chatting about today please give the samaritans a ring on 116 123 you can also find them online at samaritans.org you can find us online we have a twitter account which is at mentally yrs and you can also join our lovely facebook group which is simply called mentally yours see you next week planning for your next trip elevate your travel style with quince Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.